I think a lot of people still are walking around asking, what is my purpose? Am I living in my purpose? What am I meant to be doing? And so this answer from her when she said, your purpose is to spread your glitter. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. Just be the energy of you. Bring your energy to the room, to the people that you're with. And in that, you'll spread your glitter and you will fulfill your purpose. Welcome to the Words of a Warrior podcast. I'm Candy Wheeler, your host and founder of Warrior Women Retreats internationally recognized conscious business coach, motivational speaker and author, but most importantly, human. On a journey just like you are. And together, we'll explore insights, tools, and practices to help you recognize your worth, see your potential, and bet on yourself so you can up-level your life, leadership, and business. Each week, I will bring you profound wisdom, words of encouragement, and real stories of fierce resilience from inspiring creatives, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs. Trade in fear, worry, and self-doubt for deep healing, sacred remembrance, and divine inspiration to follow your excitement and connect with your true purpose. Grab your journal and get ready to take your power back. Hello everyone, welcome back. I am so excited to chat with you all today because I am here with a very special guest. Many of you might already know who she is just based on what I've shared with you all about this amazing soul, but I'm here with my soul sister, Mackenzie, who is also the founder of Delighted by Desserts, which come on, you guys, is the best dessert hummus out there that exists right now. And if you've ever tried it, you know that it's uh, freakishly addicting. (laughs) I try, I have mastered my self-control just from this hummus alone. (laughs) Like no candy, don't eat a whole bucket in one sitting, save it for later, it'll be worth it. And also, she has this amazing passion project that has actually contributed so much to our Warrior Women community, which is Cacao Drinking Chocolate, which we've been using in ceremonies for years now. And this project of yours, it's so, so amazing. It's so serving for our community here, but also it gives back. And I'd love to dive into talking about cacao today too. And anything else that we want to share about but Mackenzie, will you please say hi to everyone and just give a little bit of an insight into your journey and how you've gotten to where you are now. Wow. I loved that intro. I loved hearing your passion for both delighted by in cacao. It was such a gift to receive. So thank you. And just for having me, it's a a huge honor to be on your platform, to be connecting with your community, which I love so much. So let's see, where do I want to start? I will start in, well, real quickly tell you about my upbringing. Just grew up in a very conservative Christian home in Ohio. And I had some trauma um, as it pertains to my parents, both uh, both of them. And without going too much into that, I'll just say I 
kind of bypassed all of that for a long time until 2014 smacked me in the face and said, there's things that you haven't dealt with and really faced. And while I'd been, you know, positive and rolling along, I hadn't actually felt into the emotion that was there for me based from my past. And that was showing up in my relationships, especially my romantic relationships. It was showing up in an inability to be intimate, not just physically, but intimately able to be with someone. In other words, being vulnerable was incredibly challenging for me. It was rare that a partner would ever see me cry. Mostly they didn't. And I would, if I did start to feel like I was going to cry, I would actually just leave the house, which was so funny. It's so funny looking back. But there was this one relationship in particular that brought me to my knees. It was a hostile relationship that just had all the ups and downs and all the dysfunction. And there was a point where I reached this, um, like I reached my knees and I was like, I, I miss my mom and my dad so much. There was this like, soul, my soul spoke in that. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that that was even my truth or that was there for me. Um, so long story short, I, I ended up kind of going on this dark journey of reaching rock bottom and not even wanting to be here anymore and not really being able to recognize myself, which actually I'm so grateful for that time because it led me to my awakening process. And first and foremost, it led me to books and people and places and situations that were starting to talk about spirituality in a way that felt really good to me. And not so much based in like the fear-based paradigm or the, the judgment that is associated with religion, considering I had grown up like that. And so long story short, I feel like I was being prepared during that time to be invited to my very first plant medicine ceremony. And that first plant medicine ceremony was actually a pivotal moment for me, which changed my entire life. And it led me to not only start to discover who I really am and to connect with my higher self and connect with my heart. It helped me heal so, so, so much, um, which has showed up in my relationships, but it's also shown up in my businesses, which is, I think, what you, you know, maybe initially connected with me on or our community knows me as someone that talks about conscious business. But really, I have to give all the credit to the plant medicines that have taught me what true conscious business really is. And so now here I am, I'm someone that's really passionate about heart-centered living, about restoring the heart into our relationships, our families, our homes, our businesses, money, sex, like everything. When you restore the heart, you restore truth and it creates this incredibly fulfilling life. So right now I'm here living in Maui, moving to Kauai soon and just living that dream life. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to visit you in Kauai and come to your new house, but I cannot have you on the podcast and not talk about this experience with the plant medicine and delighted by and how that all unfolded. Because I know for you, when you sat in the ceremony and you got this very, very clear message that is just like your only job is to spread your glitter. 
And I love that so much because that is the one thing I want people to take away from listening to this podcast. It's like, that's it. You know, that's, that's the message. You know, the message you got from the medicine is like, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's just, you're, that's all you're going to do. And then you were in your kitchen making your dessert hummus. And then it was like light bulb turns on. This is one of the ways you're going to be spreading your glitter. And from there, you made this product become one of the most incredible things to ever hit the food market. It's completely upgrading the food industry with the high vibe ingredients that you have in it. But I want to talk about the journey that you went through with DB from going to farmer's markets to stores within a year to now being a multi-million dollar business and how that's contributed to your journey in growing and evolving as a woman too. Yes. Awesome. Well, I love that you brought up that big message that I received in ceremony. In that very first ceremony with ayahuasca, I received a message about my purpose because my big question was, what is my purpose? And the reason why I want to hone in on that right now is because that message right now is like really hot on my heart around purpose specifically. I think a lot of people still are walking around asking, what is my purpose? Am I living in my purpose? What am I meant to be doing? And so this answer from her, when she said, your purpose is to spread your glitter, it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it, just be the energy of you, bring your energy to the room, to the people that you're with. And in that you'll spread your glitter and you will fulfill your purpose. And for me, that was just took this huge weight off my shoulders because now it can, it, now I know that in all areas of my life, I'm already living my purpose and I don't have to stress out about it. I don't have to worry about it. Um, and I think that's really important for people to hear because I think sometimes when I'm just going to divert really quick, when we are experiencing a lot of emotion or we're going through a deep process um, or we're learning or we're struggling with something and maybe we've kind of, we haven't worked as much that week because we're deepening into a ceremony, uh, which I think is happening for most people in our circles right now because of what's happening on the planet. That is a part of our purpose too. That is something that's been so clearly told to me that feeling and healing and sitting and listening is a huge part of our purpose. And so to give ourselves permission to surrender into that is so important. So that was my diversion. Coming back to Delighted by, like Candy said, I was in my kitchen. I was stirring my dessert hummus, something I'd been making for fun for about a year and a half. And while I was making it, which was 24 hours my, after my first ayahuasca ceremony, which is kind of hilarious, that the Sunday night after my first ceremony, I was just like so guided to make this and just get my hands in the kitchen, which is something that I really love doing. And then I heard this other message. This is one way you're going to spread your glitter. And it was, I I took that message so seriously. I started in farmer's markets that week, that next week. And how I started my business is different than how I had initiated my other businesses in that with delighted by, because I had had this spiritual awakening 
which I believe that I'm still in. I don't, I don't feel like I awakened and boom, I just, I'm still in my awakening because I had just gone through that and I had had this profound experience with the medicine. I knew I wanted to like lead from my soul and lead from my intuition and not so much focus on producing a result or just driving sales. I was more so focused on having an impact. And what that came down to was the very day-to-day, minute-by-minute impact I was having versus just, oh, I want to be, I want to reach millions and millions of people. So I held both elements of myself. First element, which is the visionary, the dreamer in me that I knew Delighted By would be the first dessert hummus to national shelves. I held that vision from day one. But then I also held this intention of letting spirit guide me and asking spirit to move through me in all of my decisions, in my conversations with people. And that started at the farmer's market. And I would show up and with a name like Delighted By, you can't just not focus on, you know, impacting those people you interact with by giving them an experience that they're delighted by. So I would ask, you know, what are you delighted by in life? And that question just kind of came a thing. And then these, it's like I got to practice this conversation with spirit in these smaller settings, such as farmer's markets or making my product in the kitchen, to then scaling my products and going to a national co-packer to then raising capital and then hiring a team and then managing a team and then continuing innovation and then marketing. And then now, you know, in, in again, scaling or wherever I am in the phase of the business, I've applied the exact same roots to where I am now, which is six years later. So that question, again, spirit guide me is really where I've where, where my foundation lies with business. And one last thing I'll say here is because I, I talk a lot about business and I have a book coming out on business, so I couldn't cover everything here, but there's this one other thing I do, which I think is helpful for all entrepreneurs that have an entity is I commune with the entity itself. So delighted by has an energy to her. She's a feminine entity. Cacao has a energy to her. Request bar, my new venture has an energy to him. And so I commune with them. I talk to them and I ask them, I feel into what their mission is because their purpose is different than mine. Their mission is different. Their voice is different. Their expression, their personality is very different. And so what I love to do is kind of commune with them, especially with the assistance of cacao and kind of get into their world and say, okay, how can I honor what you want to do here. And that's really fun for me to be a channel for these amazing entities. I love this topic so much because for me, communing with the entity of the business itself and just getting to know the spirit of the business, what she's like, her personality, he he or she. And I think once I started to do this, it helped me get out of the way. Because for so long, I was running my business in a way like, what do I want to do? What am I capable of? And I was limited to the confines of my own limiting beliefs. And 
And once I started to say, okay, no, actually, what she want to do, she would call me forward to things that I would never choose to do voluntarily. (laughs) And oftentimes, what I do, I have to. Yes, actually, because you chose to bring this (laughs) vision to life. So, can we talk about some of the things that? DB has called you forward to do and how she's helped you grow as a woman and as an individual in your spiritual journey, in your evolutionary journey, in your personal growth. Yes, that is everything because I feel that business is one of the greatest access points to personal growth and, and spiritual growth. Um, I feel like business is right next or maybe just right below romantic union in terms of what it can bring up for you and what it can initiate you into and what it can invite you into. So I've had many uncomfortable moments in my journey and some in miraculous moments and fun moments. But for me, Delighted By was just a huge test of surrender and trust for the first few years. And it still is, but my nervous system has become more used to her intensity and her requests. And I've given myself permission to have self-care and slow down and honor my human design and have a team. So I've gotten better at surrendering to what she's requesting of me. But to answer your question, I mean, first, how she was calling me forward in terms, like, to get out of the farmer's markets And then I ended up living in a van for four months. She was asking me to live in this van and go up and down the East Coast and hand out my product to the supermarkets. And that was really uncomfortable at first, but it really was inviting me into the practice of surrender and the practice of trust. And I was really committed to my practices, you know, the journaling and ceremonial gray cacao in my van and even hape ceremonies, just like really thank God for the plants and the way they supported me. But it's like my body was being initiated into true surrender through that time. And then another big thing for me was like, was around raising capital, which was like an initiation into trust, but also into ruthless alignment of my soul. And I had opportunities to partner with different investors. And there were to be times that it didn't really didn't really align or didn't feel right, at least at the time. And one of those examples that I do talk about publicly, and people love this story, is about when I was on Shark Tank and got an offer from Cuban and ended up, after meeting with him a few times, turning that offer down because it didn't feel right to me at the time. And it didn't feel right for Delighted By in that I knew I was going to get way too much pushback from him if, if I was a hundred percent committed to leading with my intuition and I knew that my intuition, if it challenges me, I mean, it's going to challenge Mark Cuban. (laughs) So I just had this like gut instinct, but it was really hard to, to own that. And so that's another great big journey of trusting myself and surrendering into that. And really relying on my alignment, not caring what the world thinks. That was a huge test. And of course, 
always lessons in miracles, that miracles are real, and that DB has a sole contract with her investors, past, present, future, with her employees, past, present, and future. She has a sole contract. She's up to these contracts, and I am here to listen and respond and support. And then last big thing for me has been hiring and managing a team because to bring a project to life for me is easy but to actually work with the team in collaboration um, and and do it together was actually quite a lot of lessons and i'm so thankful for that experience i think for every entrepreneur just just hiring someone you learned you know this just hiring one person. I mean, you learn so much about yourself, about your communication, where you need to grow, where you need to improve on your ability to give feedback. How comfortable are you speaking your truth? How, how comfortable are you to let other people see your mistakes? And that's where I'm at right now. So I have a team of, I think, 10 people now for DB. And, and I'm being asked to bring in leadership, executive leadership. DB is asking me to bring in a president to sit next to me and to really bring her to the next stage. But what that brought up for me is fear of the masculine and fear that the masculine could taint our feminine depth, our foundation of depth and the culture we've built and the essence we have. And so it actually feels like she's asking me, she's like, no, you can trust the masculine to bring this vision through. And I'm asking you to practice that and bring it into physical form. But I'm also scared that what if, and I'm not saying we're gonna hire a man, we, we have no idea. It just, we know we're bringing in masculine energy because my team, I felt so safe with the feminine and you know, I, and I have like one man on my team and we all bring masculine energy, but the feminine has been very much nurtured and supported with our initiatives, our company culture, who we, come, who we bring in to offer workshops. I've wanted my team to honor the feminine in such a big way. But my fear is that if we bring in a president to focus on taking that feminine foundation and bringing it into actual result and actual manifestation. What if that person judges me and how I built my company? What if that person thinks I made all these hiring mistakes or they're like, what are you guys doing? You have, like none of this is working or, you know, and I've just had to face all those fears. And now that I faced them yesterday, I can, I can be like, okay, let's do this. Let's bring in this president. Let's get uncomfortable because that discomfort and that stretching is really where the growth is. I love that you brought up just continuous getting uncomfortable because I used to think, it's so funny to even say this out loud. I used to think, oh, okay, I just need to do this one uncomfortable thing and then I'll be healed and then I'll be good and then I can just go about my life and be happy and be successful and do all those things and once I had that first I'll say I like to call it my initial ego death like my initiation into dying um I totally realized like oh this is actually just the beginning and there's going to be a continuous 
evolution and continuously letting old ways go and adopting new ways of being that are serving both me and my businesses. And I love that you brought up like, no, I'm still uncomfortable even today. No, I still am facing fears even today because I know some people like to look at others and think, wow, she's so inspiring, right? Like people might see you, a woman who's created, you know, this amazing platform, these amazing businesses and thinking, wow, she's got something that maybe I don't have when the reality is like, no, she's human. She just continuously is willing to get uncomfortable. And so I just love you so much for just being willing to do that. And I think everyone listening should really take away that whatever it is for you that you want to create and see for yourself in your life or in your businesses, just take that one next stretch, that one next thing that's going to make you grow into that person that you're stepping into to be able to create this. And it's not just this, like you were boom in farmer's market, boom in stores and just magical. It happened all on its own. It was continuous growth and putting yourself in that uncomfortable space. And I would love to really kind of pivot and talk about cacao too, because I, again, couldn't bring you on this podcast without talking about cacao and perhaps even relating it. How can cacao ceremonial grade cacao help with this process of being uncomfortable and dropping into that hard space? Ooh, juicy question. First of all, I'm just a huge advocate of all of Gaia's tools. And like she has, we are meant to get uncomfortable. And the more we do that, I mean, the more rad lit life we're going to (laughs) lead. But she also is so much grace and she, I'm just looking outside right now. She gifted us all these amazing tools in plant form. Whether you get a fern tincture or an essential oil, or you sit with wachuma or ayahuasca or sacred tobacco or ceremonial cacao, as you're mentioning now, um, which is just happens to be one of my favorites. Cacao supported me Within six months of starting Delighted by, I discovered cacao because I was searching everything I could about plant medicines and anthropology and the indigenous and um, the Amazon and really how, well, I was just stunned that like I had sat with ayahuasca maybe, I don't know, 10 times by then. And I was just stunned that I had been able to experience what I'd experienced some horrible ceremonies, some great, but regardless led to profound growth. And I was like, how is that possible? Like how, and I want to get, how do I get this to the world? Like, but I can't because it's not technically legal here. And I just had all these things, but it led me on this discovery of reading everything I could about plants from the Amazon. And the word cacao just kept popping off the page. I don't know why. I don't know how. It just was the weirdest thing. I was like, putting cacao powder in my smoothies for years before that but they were talking about cacao as if it was like a plant medicine and I was like what are they talking about and so 
I followed the rabbit hole and it led me to discover ceremonial grade cacao from Guatemala originally, um, the, the one that I sourced from the chocolate shaman in Lake Atitlan. And when I sat with this cacao, I was overcome with, first of all, it, the way it lifted my vibration and made me like receptive to feeling, to connecting and uh, to listening, I was just blown away. And I was actually really shocked because I was not a expecting that. I was like, I worked with ayahuasca. This is just a cup of chocolate. It's not going to really do anything. But I also had so much reverence because I was sitting there and I knew how to work with a plant medicine. So I was sitting there by myself, talking to her, inviting her in, saying like, I'm ready, open my heart. And so I drink the cacao and I think my intention really contributed to my experience, but I literally had to miss my yoga class because I just laid down and was overcome with, with her magic. And so since then I began partnering with cacao to what I noticed was not only did it open my heart and have me feel so deeply connected to myself, to others and to nature, it also connected me to a creativity that I'd never experienced in myself. And it, it just, it was a connector. I see cacao as a connector. And so I think, you know, an entrepreneur working with plant medicine in general, if you're called and in the right setting can be very beneficial. But specifically with cacao, it's safe. She's gentle, but yet she's powerful. And your intention is everything with her. So if you have an intention to, you know, maybe one day it's to heal for myself, there's been a lot of ancestral stuff coming up. So that's been my intention with cacao. But as an entrepreneur, your intention could be to merge with your entity and, and be creative and to listen to the voice of your angels, whatever you desire to be more receptive to, cacao will support you in that. And a lot of people think they need this grand thing, this grand awakening, this, mm -hmm. you know, maybe to yeah. work with psychedelics or ayahuasca yes. or something like that to have this sort of spiritual awakening, sense of connection to your purpose. And while, although those can help with that, and those are known to help with that, it's so underestimated, I feel, to just have this intention and to invite this spirit to help assist you with the process. And I think I remember the first time praying to the spirit of cacao and I'm just like, man, I don't know. Am I crazy? Or is this actually going to work? But I'm just like, let me just try, right? Let me just see what it's like if I actually like connect with the plant and connect with its history and connect with the intention of Gaia giving us this tool in the first place. On a physiological level, cacao actually helps to open up the, it's, it's a vasodilator, so it actually helps to open up your veins and circulate. And with that energy, we guys know everything is energy. So when that happens, naturally, whatever is stuck is going to flow. And I was just like weeping, like, why am I, why am I weeping right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I so emotional, but yet feel so supported, feel so held. And I think that's the one thing that cacao provides is like this nurturing, safe, 
space. And I love that your mission with this is to bring an ancient tool to the Western world and make it available to all around the world. And I have just seen this touch so, so many lives. And I'm so grateful that you brought it and you you followed that nudge because now we get to use it, but also so many people in this world are now tapped into that heart space and have this safe space to heal, which hasn't always been possible for so many people. I know for me, it wasn't always, it was, I used to avoid my emotions completely. I totally related to what you said at the beginning, which is like, I would, I wouldn't even cry. I would just leave. And that was totally me. Like anytime I would get uncomfortable at all, I would be all right, peace out, you know? And cacao has really allowed me to feel safe enough to express, even if I'm, you know, conversing with someone and I'm crying, but I'm still talking, I'm still getting it out because I feel safe now. And I think that's one thing that I want everybody to hear about it is if you have never worked with cacao, to try it out and just to connect with this plant on a different level than what you're maybe used to. And I love that you brought up, you know, that, that safe aspect of it. Like it's not, you're not going to go on a journey that you can't get off, you know, it's going to be something that can be legally sent to your house. And, um, the cacao you source now is from Peru. So can you talk a little bit about, I want to talk about your sourcing and just your twofold mission behind the cacao. Absolutely. So when I was learning about ceremonial grade cacao, what I was learning that is really important is the actual strain of cacao. And I was learning that um, the unfortunate results from commercialization of cacao in that big business, big chocolate, really wanted to make cacao much easier to cultivate. And so with, to do that and to make it more resistant to mold and all the things and to make it taste one way for every chocolate bar, they actually had to create their own hybrid strains. And some could call that genetically modified, but what's crazy about the chocolate world is that that's actually not considered genetically modified, but it's still a hybrid strain. So it's not in the original form that Gaia intended and that the way that she gifted it to us. And so it was really important to me to respect the original native strain, which when you look into Guatemalan cacao, you find that it's called criollo. It looks like criollo, but you pronounce it criollo. And so I wanted to go on this journey to Guatemala to discover, can we even source criollo cacao in its pure native form? in a way that we can scale it, but still respect the process. And um, that doesn't do harm to the community that is growing it. And so when I went on that journey, um, some of those trips, Michael was with me, what we kept discovering is that proving that that it's actually Criollo cacao is so challenging because of the cross hybridization, the the cross pollination that's happened amongst farms and that the Criollo cacao is actually extremely endangered because of the hybridization that's happened. And what I knew is like, I couldn't put out a product that said ceremonial grade unless I was like really honoring the native strain. 
but I also knew I wouldn't be able to 100% verify that it's Criollo. And we were fortunate to talk to someone who has a farm deep in the jungle who has been working with Criollo and trying to save it for 16 years or longer now. And he's actually the one who taught Keith a lot of what he knows. But this man shared that he has 12, there are, there's on record 12 Criollo trees left, truly, like when you test them, 12. And so I just went on a whole rant, but I wanted to explain why we then, not why we went to Peru, but why Peru called me. <laughs> because I was putting this call out to the universe of what, what should we do? And um, when we found this out at the time, we were working with a Mayan priestess who makes the cacao, makes the product. And she was saying it was Criollo, but she wouldn't give us that transparency of going to the farms and interacting with the communities that were act like from bean to cup. And there just was a lot of red flags in that for us. And so cacao was really coming to us and saying, we want you to be able to walk these farms and we want you to be able to get your hands on this product. Like by the time Michael came into my life, cacao was like, I want you to make this product. I want your hands, your energy, your love on this, but having a completely transparent supply chain. So I ended up getting an amazing call from the universe from a guy named Matt, who is a Peruvian and he lives in, was living in Peru um, at the time. He goes back and forth now, but he said he had this native strain of cacao that's native to Peru. And Peru has a bunch of quote unquote Criollo cacao, but what we learned in our process is that Criollo is not actually native. It just means it's just like a generic term they slap on cacao when you're sourcing it. But the chuncho cacao is really the wild heirloom cacao in Peru. So thankfully, it led us on this journey to go to Peru and to, can, to partner with Matt, who is a godsend, and we're so grateful for him. And he had been building the relationships with these farmers. And on top of that, on building the relationship for probably nearly a decade, he was so transparent with us, so open. In fact, he wanted us to be involved with the community. He he's like, I can text him any day and be like, oh, I want to do this. What do you think? And he's going to do it with me. Um, so we ended up partnering with him. And we created our own process in our work-live space in LA originally. Michael and I created after going to Mexico and Guatemala and um, really understanding we wanted to only use stones to grind this product. We ended up importing a stone grinder from Mexico. And that was a huge miraculous story as well. And we created our own proprietary process to make ceremonial grade cacao while protecting the vibration of the plant. And what ended up happening is we got the opportunity to scale and we went to Peru and we brought in three Molinos, three stone grinders, and duplicated the exact process that we were doing in our very small room in LA to then a facility in Peru where we actually get to employ the locals. And so that's what's happening now where everything from bean to your finished product is in Peru. But we're actually in this phase with Matt where we're going to be taking that manufacturing facility in Lima and moving it 
to Kiabamba, which is where the farms are, so that everything is just right there in Kiabamba, and we can bring people like you and others to come see it and experience the process. And that's a really long-winded way of saying that a lot goes into cacao, and it's really fun. <laughs> and like you said, it's my passion, so that's why I wanted to talk about it a lot. <laughs> that gives so much insight into the process, and I think it helps to develop the relationship with K-A-K-A-O cacao. And I really love everything that you've done with it and that we get to experience it. And um, I know you, I, I was behind the scenes on a project just recently with Rissa Vibes and I found out later on, I just tapped into Instagram one day and just found out that you were gifting all of the women that were a part of that, a bag of cacao. And I was just like, man, this girl just blows me away every single day. I am so grateful to everything that you've been a part of. Just not even in a way that's like, yeah, I want to gift you a free product, but no, I want to like give you this medicine and give you this healing tool because of what you're doing for the world. And I really got that from you giving these women including myself, a bag of cacao to just help with the process of service. So I think if you're listening to this and if you're in a space of service and you want to really add to what you're doing and add to your own healing experience, cacao is such a great way to do that. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about today was your book, which is all about conscious business. And I want to dive into this a little bit and just share with everyone who it's for, what it's all about, what they're going to get when they read this book, because I know you and I see you as such a leader in conscious business. I have learned so much from you on this. A lot of what I teach has been literally heard directly from you to the spreading your glitter, to how you can actually run a conscious business physically, actionable, movement, all of that. And I'm really excited about you getting to share this wisdom with everyone. Well, thank you so much. It's such an acknowledgement. And I'm re I am excited about the book. And to be honest, what I hope the people take away from it the most is that you are your own guru. <laughs> When it comes to your business, there is an infinite intelligence that's trying to connect in with you and guide you down a path that has never been done before. My path is going to look different than yours and to the next person's. So what I'm really hoping that people get from this is that not, not to say, oh, wow, you know, DB is a big company and she seems happy and I want to do it like that. Like, how do I do that? It's like, yes, this is a blueprint for you to start, but more so what I want you to recognize is like, I have like for yourself, I have a big mission, I have a big purpose, and I have this huge vision, and how can I learn to trust myself more <laughs> in order to bring this huge vision through into physical material, you know, physical reality? And one of my favorite parts, I mean, I'll just say kind of the layout of the book, it's very much like your modern day business school. Um, with the 
completely rooted in spirituality and connection to Mother Earth. So you're going to get marketing, managing a team, hiring a team, stuff about nervous system, um, connecting in with the relationship with your entity, a lot of stuff on money, legal, finance, all the stuff. Taking all the boring shit of business, <laughs> making it as fun as possible, and letting you guys know what I've learned thus far. But I have to be really honest, I am still very much learning, which was my biggest fear of putting that book out. I was like, well, what if, it's, what if it changes? And I just had to accept that. It might. But my favorite thing in the book is really around the money piece and the receptivity piece. Because we ha you mentioned the thing about giving cacao to those that group of women. The only reason why I'm so guided and free to give of myself is because I first learned to actually receive. And that is more work than learning to give. Because when you learn to receive, however, you and you open yourself up into receiving like truly the most abundant, lush, fulfilling life in all areas, you become in, in a place that you're just so blown away and overwhelmed with gratitude and just feeling so blessed that your life then becomes, how can I give this on? How can I pass this on? I, I feel like I've discovered magic and I want to be able to make that available to those that are guided. And I feel so blessed to have been gifted cacao and that I had the resources to buy the cacao. You know, and so I really have a vision for more people to be able to access things like this. That's all I'll say about my book, but it comes out in October and um, it's going to be great. Yeah. I love that you brought up the receiving piece because I think that's the one thing that a lot of the women, especially listening to this podcast, have a hard time with is receiving, especially monetarily receiving for their gifts and for their wisdom. And the last thing I want us to touch on since you brought it up is just how can you really allow yourself to receive more and our birthright to do so? Because that's one thing that you've said in the past is like abundance isn't earned, it's your birthright. And also how that opens us up for generational healing essentially and one of the things you've also said is just you know if we want to see the change that we want to see in the world the money actually has to be in the hands of the people who are heart-led and if there's anything you could say to these women these people who are listening to this podcast around receiving and yeah, letting themselves receive for their gifts and for their service to the world, what would that be? Well, like you said, it's your birthright. And so I would actually change it from rather than receiving just for what looks to be your service, just receive for being you. And if you can rewire your brain to understand that, no, literally just being who you are, is what inherently deserves to be provided for and to thrive, right? And we all have to get so clear with ourselves, what does thriving mean to me? 
And sometimes we're making an issue around money when it's not one. And we're like, oh, how do I receive more money? How do I receive more money? But like, if you just actually tune into your life and say, okay, what am I actually desiring to improve? Or where am I desiring to thrive more? Are there some actual real desires that you want to claim? Be specific about it. You might realize you have everything you want, (laughs) which is so funny. Or maybe you have mostly everything you want, which then you can bring so much gratitude for. There are so many universal laws at play here when it comes to money. We have to take full responsibility for ourselves. And typically that takes a lot of healing around our conditioning and how society has built in this hustle and grind, hustle and grind and achieve for more and reach for more. And when you can actually unwind all of that and come into deep feminine receptivity activity and gratitude and feeling and letting life hit you, that's when life starts to open up abundantly. I'll see if there's anything else I want to say about receiving money and receiving being provided for. Just really what's coming through is like own your desire and then connect into your spirituality um, to understand how you can bring that desire down and materialize it. Um, and then of course you just have to kind of trust and, and let it go. But I think owning those sacred desires is the, is the big thing that needs to be heard right now. So much good stuff. I hope you guys were taking notes throughout this whole podcast. I could literally sit here and talk to Mackenzie all day about all of this, all of the good stuff, but I want everyone to know where they can tap in, plug into your offerings and everything that you have. I know you have a cacao facilitator training coming up and all of the amazing things. Where would be the best place to go for all of that? You can go to uh, my website, MackenzieMarslift.com to interact with all my different entities. K-A-K-A-O, drinking chocolate is my Instagram handle or our Instagram handle. You can connect with us there or flycacao.com and we do ship worldwide. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I don't got, I don't have too much going on personally. It's all the entities, but um, if you want to connect in with my future venture, which is launching next year and it's a huge, huge vision. But like, if you're going through something where you need some courage to take the leap in your life and you want to, really surrender into this conversation around doing what scares the shit out of you and you want to up level in any area of your life, go ahead and follow request underscore bar on Instagram and just feel his energy because he can definitely assist you through that. Thank you so much, my love. Yeah. Thank you so much for being willing to come on, for dropping all of your wisdom and just for being who you are in the world, Mackenzie. I without crying, we'll just thank you for just being who you are in my life, in the world, and just doing all of the amazing things that you've done. For everyone listening, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on the Words of a Warrior podcast. I am so happy you stopped by and would love to know what you took away from this conversation. If you feel so moved, please feel free to share with a friend 
and leave us a review on iTunes so that we can keep getting this message into the hands of the people who need it the most. Let us know what you loved, topics you want to hear more of, and your favorite words of a warrior. Until next time, keep taking back your power, following your excitement, and unapologetically living the life you were born for.